36 lessons, Becoming Like Christ. We just finished the first five, Belonging to Christ. Today we start with week number six, Believing in Christ, and this is the direction we're going. Becoming like Christ, building on Christ, binding with Christ, bringing others to Christ, and beholding Christ. And what we covered in the first five lessons, the first week was New Degree BA, Born Again, or not Bachelors of Arts, and taken from John 3, 1 to 7. And the week two, New Life. Week three, New Position. Week four, New Relationship. And um, week number five, New Will to Will. And uh, that the power of God that we can, not by our own will, but by the power of God in us. And so, these are the verses I've listed there according to the weeks. Uh, and it's encouraged that we will memorize them. We cannot, we are not ready now. So probably two weeks from now, you can remember these passages. If you have this at the bottom of the sheet, there is the reference there. And so you make an effort to uh, memorize the verses. It will help you in your personal life and witnessing. Now we are starting on the next step which is believing in Christ, weeks 6 to week 11. Today it is new concern, and forthcoming every two weeks, we'll be covering these other topics with the different references. New responsibility, new character, new fruit, new commitment, and new baptism. So our emphasis today is taken from the prayer of Christ, new concern from John 17, 11 to 20. That new concern is talking about prayer. Now, Jesus, this is the longest prayer that Jesus had in the presence of these disciples. Personally, he would have all night prayer and going out all day prayer. And of course, you know, the 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and prayer. So, but prayer with his disciples, this is the longest, called the Lord's Prayer. The, what we call as the Our Father who art in heaven is in response to the disciples when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then he said, after this manner, pray ye, our Father who art in heaven, and so on. But this one in John 17 is called the disciples, the, the Lord's Prayer. He really prayed for it. And there are many concerns here in John chapter 7. And, uh, but picked out all the certain part for emphasis this time are a few concerns that we'd like to bring out to you. And the notes are here, and we'll have a participation. Now in verse 11, that they are one. So, I admit that this is not altogether new, but this is a reminder about our prayer life, who or what we should pray for. Our first concern is that may be one. They will have that unity. We, are, we have met so many denominations, and yet we focus on Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad that really Billy Graham could say in other crusades, all Christians are encouraged to come together and just fellowship and rejoice the unity in the Lord Jesus. Now the Catholic Church also accepted this theme that everybody, all religions will be under them, under Rome. That's not the kind of unity Jesus was talking about. Unity in Jesus Christ. Talking about we are his body and he's the head 
of the church, the body of Christ. And that's very exciting because no matter what denomination, what culture, what nationality, as long as Christ is in our heart, we are just one body. And we can enjoy and really fellowship with them. And that is be our prayer, that we can even go to other churches and join with other groups and rejoice with them and have that unity. Really from the heart, not a badge or a target or a name. Now the next is, in verse 13, they pray that they may have the joy fulfilled in them. How many of you know the song, Jesus and Others in You? Joy, J-O-Y. Jesus and others and you, what a wonderful way to spell joy. Jesus and others and you, in the life of each girl and each boy. J is for Jesus, we give him first place. O is for others, we meet face to face. Y is for you and whatever you do, put yourself last and spell joy. Learned this song was I was, I think, grade one in our Sunday school. Because you're talking about the 1950. <laughs> uh, it just means a lot to me. Joy is Jesus, then others, and you. Hallelujah. We put Jesus first, and then we think of others, and then our, ourselves. We, are, we have the joy that really rings in our heart when we're able to worship the Lord and to minister to our fellow men, whether part of the church or not. But we have the genuine joy from within. It is not selfish. It is not aggressive. But it's just flowing. What a wonderful joy. And if there's any question or any emphasis to bring out, want to share, please just raise your hand. Because this will be, you know, like a class. The third is, I should keep them from the evil one. They're talking about Satan, the evil one. He is determined to destroy every believer. He is determined to remove the word from the heart of people. We forget. And somehow he is successful with me because many verses and like Psalm 1, Psalm 23, Psalm 19, and so on, they were always ringing in my heart. But now that I prepare a lot of sermons, somehow they're laid aside and I forget them. Mastered even First Corinthians 13, uh, a lot of these passages. And I have to work on them. The devil wants to take them out. As I pray, Lord, revive them, revive them. And uh, with certain individual, as we go to our prayer, you say, okay, next week, we are going to review First Corinthians 13, and we'll say it before we pray. This over the phone. And then uh, the next is Psalm 1. That's, uh, just memorize that. And also Psalm 23. Go to God's Word. Plant it in our heart. It's very important that we can define ourselves from the devil. Jesus, after 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, you know that. Satan tempted him. Did he have the right to tempt Jesus? He'll try. If you be the son of God, turn the stone into bread. If you are the son of God, jump 
down. If you come here to redeem the world, you want the world? Okay, kneel before me and I'll give it to you. He knows our objective. And he knows how could be a possible weakness. But Jesus just quoted God's word. It is written, it is written, it is written. Very, very important. That's why David wrote, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Because in a moment of tempting, temptation, the word of God will just ring in your heart. But if it's not there, what is your foundation? What is your strength? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life will just be attacked. But again, we have to pray not only for ourselves, but for others also, that we will be one, that they have the joy, and that they too will not fall. And that's why we have this church. And maybe we can also encourage one another. My heart really goes out to Paul and the Ferguson family. They want to just obey the governor, subject to authority, and not able to come to church. Well, of course, praise God through the television. They can listen to God's word. And let that word of God just burn in their hearts and ring. But again, we need the fellowship that we will be one. And let's pray for them and others who are not able to come to go to their respective churches. The next is, sanctify them to thy truth. Thy word is truth. It there denotes to made holy, to be separate, to be subjective to God. Sanctify them. Here is where, again, we have to pray for each other. Not only for ourselves, but even for others too. Not that we are judging them, but Lord, is the, the love for you waning away? Is it that they're following not the world, the style of the world? But Jesus said, love not the world, neither the things of, uh, of the world. And if this are love for the things of the world, is that the love of the Father is not in us. So we really have to pray that the love of God will be there. Pray, pray, pray. Tendency is we are struggling ourselves and the focus is on us. But we are not alone. Could be as a church too. We may be struggling. And especially today, with this order that no worship. So many are struggling. They want to worship. But there's an order. We're not God. The pastor said, no, we cannot. I talked with my sister just this week. And he said, brother, is my the sister next to me in Chicago. I don't know how to go. My pastor does not preach anymore. Nobody can go to church anymore. More people coming down, down, and there's no income for the church to pay to pay for all the obligations and the bills, and especially for the salary of the pastor. We just listen to the television. We go somewhere else. Or where there, where's the a congregation that we go, we go. It's sad. The devil seems to be successful in keeping the people, the fellowship together, and to come to God's word. And the temptation to yield to temptation. It's a struggle. And it's very most difficult that our church of Christians are facing today. Second to the last is that they may be consecrated. 
Then I put the RS3. I went through the different renditions of the translations. All of them repeated in verse 19, sanctified, sanctified. They may be sanctified. But only the RSV brought out the word consecrated. And the ones who are organized, they put only consecrated. I said, where? What translation? And when well, I went through all, everybody just used the word sanctified. But only the RSV put on consecrated. Consecrated is not only separate, but determined loyalty to Jesus. No matter what. Jesus said, Faith be the faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. Last night, Larry Tortuya sent me a text. Pastor, thank you for your prayer. Finally, my sister Janet passed away and was buried in Rose Hills. So I called him after replying to the text. I texted him also and I talked with him. I, said, I called him. He wasn't able to answer. But after 13 minutes, he called back and we had a long talk. He said, you know, Pastor, before my sister got really sick, he would not even listen to me. But then he, she got sick. And I was yearning to go and see her. And somewhere last December, on a Friday, he and his wife, Nelia, were able to visit Janet. And Janet extended her left hand, hold the hand of Larry, extended her right hand, held the hand of Larry, and said, pray. And it's happened that day, the neighbor came to visit. And they, he said, do you know my sister? Oh, yeah. We have been visiting her for over a year now. And what can you tell me? Did she receive Christ as Lord? Yes, she did. And we've been praying together and rejoicing together. Hallelujah. Said Larry, said, Pastor, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Our prayers have not been in vain. My sister received Christ as Lord and Savior. And I know where she has gone. Beautiful. When there is that consecration, even to death. Lonely, alone in the house, as it were. Of course, the nephews and nieces of Larry were there. One, two. And because of that transformation in Janet's life, even the children now just want to pray to the Lord, study the Bible. Why? I thank God for the consecration of Larry. He's just out and out for the Lord with the wife. Ministry in the boatyard. They have the license from L.A. to go up of the ships and witness and have Bible studies there. Going to uh, residences and convalescent hospitals to give God's word. That consecration. And we have to pray for him that the devil will not weigh him down He's opposed in left and right, but the Lord will just keep him going, and his consecration will yield to the end. And then the last is that others may believe through their word. Let's all pray for one another. That as we go to the sessions, 
And the word of God will just come upon us. That the word of God will flow through us. And we can witness to our friends, to our co-workers, to our neighbors. But particularly, I need you prayer. For seven months now, I've sent letters to my neighborhood in the cul-de-sac. Every first week of the month, I sent to them. A witness. A witness. And I told you last time, as I was going around, the guy said, thank you, thank you for what you're mailing to me. And yet we never talked before. I've been, that, my open letter, I've been your neighbor for 40 years here now. And I am sorry. I didn't talk with much of you, except the neighbor to my right, to my left, and across the street. But the rest of you, 15 homes, I'm now introducing myself. I'm a pastor. And I'll be sending you my letters every month. And it would be a blessing if I can get to know you personally. And 12 of them. I don't even know their names, their last name. So I write the letter to the resident to this address. So pray for me that I will get to know them, their names. Some I will write as I go around. Oh, what's your first name, your last name? Now I'm beginning to build up. But again, why am I sharing this? I only need God's grace to be able to minister. The door will open. Why again? And I will close with this. In Ezekiel he says, If I tell you to warn, and I quoted that in my first letter, if I tell you to warn them that if they do not come, turn to me, I will have the blood required of you. But if you have warned them, and they don't believe, you are free. And that is burning in my heart. That whomever the Lord will bring across my way. And really I am not a good example. Forty years. And I never witnessed to more than twelve of them. Yeah, three. But twelve. I missed it. So as I pray for you, I need your prayer. That together we'll be able to do what we are supposed to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we have great assurance in Acts 1.8. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And I'm praying that for you too. It's not by discipline. It is not by dedication. It's not by going to Bible school. It's only when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it will make a difference. It will just flow through and flow through you. So I come in with this. I encourage you to strive to memorize the verses of the first group we said in that book that given to you or page by page each lesson. Memorize. It will be one verse every two weeks. So we have no excuse why we cannot give the time to plant that word in my heart. Next session, we will try to strive to memorize the verse uh, when we started and every Sunday, uh, the Sunday when we co cover these topics, we will memorize two verses, you know, as a group. And let the Word of God just flow through us, flow through us, flow through us. I remember in West Covina, we had a goal. We had... Uh, 
20 verses set aside to be memorized in 52 weeks or one year. After that one year, we said, okay, we'll see who will be able to memorize this reference. Oh, no, the name does not even come to my mind. Shane. Shane, okay, thank you. And when we put the reference on the screen, he alone was able to memorize all of them. From the people, there were some who stood up, they could memorize certain verses, but Shane memorized all of them. He's carrying the Bible with all his, you will say, called his few belongings and bags. The Bible in his hand was not a decoration. It was in his heart. And it's a very good rebuke to me. I carry my Bible, visibly sometimes, or just in the bag. But I did not preach out. I became rusty. And I have to again work on that. So we have to pray with one another. That our hearts will just be overflowing with God's word. And it will just flow at the right time. And the Lord encourages us that we can love Him and serve Him and glorify Him. A few of us here have the whole lessons. But for the rest, every time we meet, we give you a new sheet. But we have already given you a reading binder. Put them in. Because then you can review and you can build yourself up. It is very essential. I am sorry, I'm really pounding it in. Because very heavy in my heart, what Jesus said, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. I will give my best. I will trust the Lord. What about Jesus? Was he very successful in discipling? Three and a half years, solid, bringing those 12 with him, miracles, the teaching. No one spake like this man. I mentioned this before, but in John chapter 8, when Jesus said, Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. What? What? And Jesus said, he said to his disciples, Will you also go away? Peter said, To whom shall we go? You have the word of eternal life. But we know that one sold Jesus for the 30 pieces of silver. Peter, you will deny me three times, but I am praying for you. Hallelujah. I am praying for you. Why? Jesus knows the future already. And Jesus knows Peter will go through great temptation. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. I don't even recognize him. But Jesus knew one day, he will meet him and Peter, do you love me more than this? Yes, Jesus. You love me. I love you. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. The Lord knows what we will be in the future. And he said, I am praying for you. But for Judas, go ahead. Do what you intend to do. Jesus knew. He then said, one of you will betray me. How very dynamic 
it is not that it's already set. But Jesus will not be caught by surprise. And if there is a dedication in our heart, let's make it sure today that we are with Jesus and we can lead others to Christ also. Let's pray. Oh God, as we face this new year, and we do not know what will happen after January 6th, whether President Trump will still be in office, or there be turn of the event, or will there be a revolution? It's in your hands, and especially the military is standing along with President Trump, and what it holds, you know. The Lord, our lives are in your hands. You already know what will happen. And the church is now in prayer, standing in prayer, that our liberties will still continue. The opportunity to witness still be there, not for an easy life, but righteousness will still reign. Oh, God in heaven, for Jesus. Abram said, Lord, if there be 50, will you burn Sodom and Gomorrah? If 40, 30, 10. If there are 10, Sodom and Gomorrah will not be burned. But the United States is more than 10, more than 50. It's by the millions who believe in you. Save America. Save America. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.